welcome to the GNT Show. All right, welcome to take two of our first podcast of 2022 because like last year, G's catastrophic technology issues have continued into 2022. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And once again, I've already introduced him. I am joined by my co-host with the most, a man who this year experienced <laughs> a catastrophic summer of an, and a complete loss of common sense, G. It's great to have some continuity back in 2022, hey? Keep things... We're back to normal. So, G, before we get started on what has been a jam-packed off-season, I just want to share with yep. our listeners our plan for this year, or the preview yep. pods. We've got a big year in rugby league coming up. There's a World Cup at the end of the year. This is the first of what will be a very, very long season for us and everyone else. But the preview, last year, long-time listeners will remember that preview pod took a long time and we had to split it into two. So what we're doing this year is actually splitting it into three. We've got, the in this pod, we're going to cover the off-season and then we'll probably do our season previews over two pods and then hopefully in time uh, for at least State of Origin. For the, so, for the grand final. <laughs> yeah, okay. So... so so could predict uh, the winner quite yeah, easily. Yeah, so if we can just get it in into our listeners' ears before it starts, uh, the season's the proper starts, that would be great. Um, before we get going, though, G, yes, our listeners may be wondering why I called it the catastrophic summer of the failure of common sense. So we're going to play a little game that's been made for, famous on Inside the NBA in on TNT in the okay, US. Okay, yep. It's called Who He Play For. And you're going to listen to all the clues, and then you're going to tell me who this is referring to, this person. Okay, yeah, okay. sure. Go. So yeah. clue number one. This person transferred funds to an incorrect account after they were given the correct account details on the very next text message before they transferred these accounts. So they transferred money to the wrong account after having the account spelled out for them. This person has an inability to use the forgot password button on the MyFootball website because... Hitting that one button can be tricky once you've found it. He is referred to as the David Fafita of the MyFootball website. <laughs> this person showed up to a funeral for one of our friends, dressed up as Ronald McDonald. This person signed up to stand to watch the Champions League group stages after the Champions League group stages finished. And finally, this person got alerts to every single shop he went to for three months at the exact time he was there at every single shop for the precise moment he was there. And only then did he realise he was the super spreader. Who am I, G? I believe that's called most of Sydney. Um, I may have been involved in one, in one or two of those incidents. Can you name me which ones you weren't involved in? I'm putting it down to old age. I Are just you? can't remember anymore. Are no, you? I can't remember. Yeah. I, I haven't even I mentioned... Remember. I think I might um, pretend that all of this never happened, just like Dominique has pretended COVID never happened. So two two weeks ago, we're locked up, and now it's a free for all. Well, Boris, Boris Johnson just released all the <laughs> restrictions in the UK. Is there yeah. a way? I mean, if you weren't an Australian citizen, you were coming back. You wouldn't be able to play in the Australian Open. You'd go to the wrong hotel. You'd be a ref. Like, like, it'll be a comedy of errors. It would be a comedy of errors. <laughs> Call me G Djokovic. Yeah, thank you'd, you. you'd be sponsored by Nike and show up in Adidas gear. It'd just be a shocker. That's the type of summer you've had. I would. So, G, before we get started on what has been an off season of of yep. many, many, many controversies, 
And I know yep. you've done extensive research and come up with a list of three things. Like uh, always, <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Of course you can. What preparation Anytime. have you done for this pod? You know, you host an NRL podcast. I'm sure you've read books or watched documentaries. What have you done uh, to get yourself in the off-season, to get yourself ready for this pod? I had a good break in the off-season. Um, was all rugby leagued out by the end of the year and too many transfer rumours. So I decided to switch off and have a mental break. And I'm back ready and refreshed to discuss what's happened in the off-season. Can I translate that as you've done nothing? I've done a little bit. I've read a lot, look. I've read a, I've read a lot of the um, player movement stuff, but that stuff I'll leave for the preview. Okay, so I've actually read quite a few books on rugby league and listened to quite a few yep. other podcasts on rugby league. Particularly, I've done a bit of a deep dive into the history of rugby league and how it started um, through yep. the books of Tony Collins. I don't know if you know Tony yes. Collins. There's some fantastic reads there. Another book that I would recommend to people if they are looking for something to read this year is Two Tribes, the book by Steve Mascord which I have, um, yep. and that was a fantastic read on the Super League year in 97. I like so, Steve Mascord. Steve Mascord's always got some great stuff, so it'll be a good read. Is that a car in the background? <laughs> guys, yes, it is. Guys, we're back. Nothing we're changes. Back, we're back. All right. We're back. All right, let's get started on the off-season preview. Gee, I have got a list of 34 stories to go through. Can I yep. suggest we save the funny ones till last? Yeah, although, sure. Okay. Although all of them are quite funny. It's the NRL. I'd like... <laughs> correct. I think it would be good to start with actually the atrocities. I know that's an odd place to start, but I'd like to get some of that stuff out of the way early so that we can, yeah. we can move on to some more positive things. And it wouldn't be, okay. and it wouldn't be a rugby league podcast covering the off-season if we didn't cover those things. So I'm going to start in no particular order. My favourite yeah. one... That, and and probably the most predictable. Is this one. a favourite favourite atrocity? No, favourite atrocity because it was the most predictable one. Okay, yeah. Blake yeah. Ferguson was sacked and he's sitting in a prison cell in Japan, allegedly for drugs, before he played a game of rugby. Now, if Sportsbet had a market on this, <laughs> we did think that that move was. Hey, we were wrong. We thought that move would be quite good for him. I guess he was as a, he on, on on the field. I on the field, On yeah. the field. So, Blake Ferguson sacked in oh, Japan. God. What did you make of this one? I don't even know what to say. I remember we had a chat about it. I just thought, you know what? I think we were joking. I think we were joking. I bet you he gets arrested before a game starts. Yeah, we or thought, yeah. Well, anyway, Blake can go there, finish off his career and have a good end to, the, to his career. He's had a long, long NRL career. It was a good way to finish up playing rugby. And oh, I was just, I mean, I don't know. What, is, what, do, you, what do you say? It's probably no concept of a different country, different norms, different culture, and you know, probably continued to do what he was doing here. I'd imagine, and he got he got in trouble, which is stupid and sad at the same time. I think it's more in the stupid camp than the sad camp. It's just, but it's sad. He's, he's you know he's not playing and finishing off his career playing rugby. Which I mean, want. we're gonna get to we're gonna get to some of our favourite players moving overseas and doing no no research. Yeah, yes, at all, yes. I know where you're going with that one. I know, so, I know. Let's not yeah. let's not mention any names till we get there, aka yeah. Joey Lelua. But yep. let's let's uh, let's cover off some other things. Um, of course, Parramatta had an amazing off season with recruitment, and one of the brilliant signings that they did demonstrate this year was Curtis Scott, who, without playing a game, was charged. There were some rumours about this earlier in the season, and now he's been charged. He hasn't been registered for a contract by the NRL, so he won't be suiting up. No, it looks like he won't be playing for 2022. And Parra, Parra's yeah. got a dearth of outside backs, of course, and we will cover uh, Fuu Mayono's history of bad t- 
tackles after the weekend as well. So. <laughs> yes. Oh, don't get me started. What? Any? Don't get me started. <laughs> so, I won't. Curtis Scott. Now, it, it also looks like Jared Haynes heading for a third trial. Yeah. He's been released. He is, um, yep. Prosecutors, I believe, have got 28 days to decide whether they're going to go for a third trial. There is some rumours that the charges could actually be dropped. I don't know how true or otherwise that could be, but... Um... Yeah, I mean, it depends, you know. If you're, if you're the victim in this instance and you're... I mean, to go through it th- two, three, four times, it, it, it's tough, you know. And it wouldn't surprise me if the charges are dropped. It, it's a hard thing to go over, go through over and over and over again. I mean, so... I've seen some commentary on ni- online that... You know, the, the, the legal system favours those that have got money and are able to chase these things down. I just hope justice is done. Yes, and there's agree. A, and, you know, and there's a, there's a few few different things going on in the NRL. There really is. I mean, it was an officer. I mean, I've got like six or seven things that happened in the NRL that were terrible. And well, look, we've spoken about Curtis Scott before. Well, he's had a cloud over his head for a long time. Yeah, he seems like a troubled young man that's done some, you know, allegedly pretty bad things. So, well, I think footy's the footy's the least of his concern, right? But and he's actually alluded to some of that in some of his comments when he was talking about the Raiders. If you remember, he he mentioned things about it's not a supportive place, and you know they don't look after their players. So, th- there's some things going on, obviously, off the field with, with with Curtis Scott in general. And hope you know we said it last year. Hope he sorts his life out. I don't think that's a Curtis Scott thing. I think that's a Canberra thing. I think, if you recall, there's a few players that have left Canberra um, to go overseas and complained about the culture. Even Josh Hodgson from within has complained about the culture there. I think Canberra's got a different thing going on there. I think this is complete personal accountability for Curtis Scott. It is, absolutely, yeah. Um, the other one that I wanted to mention, so we've already mentioned Blake Ferguson, Curtis Scott and Jared Hayne, is Matt, Manu Vadavai did plead guilty to importing yes. meta-amphetamines. Yes, he did. Is that it? Is that your analysis? Thank you. Oh, right, I mean, we spoke on. about it last year. It's like... No, he was charged at the time. Yeah, he was charged. He he's the happiest rugby league player you've ever well, seen. Well, now you on know the field, why. Even if, well, well, now you know why. Turbocharged. Yeah, um, but just it's not kind of the person that you would have. You, know, you never know, but it's not the type of player that you would have expected to be caught up and stuff like that, no, right? No, so, no. and he willingly opened up, admitted his guilt. I wonder, I wonder if you recall, Manu Vadavai was terrible under the bomb for a long time. Yeah. If instead of a training, he was catching bombs from the halfback, what if they just kicked a bag of meth up in the air for him to catch? It sounds like he'd be much better at that and would have been a much better training technique. <laughs> Probably not. Do you no. think they considered it? No, I don't think so. No, okay. Big Manu, um, a, a, pleasure, a pleasure to watch on the field. Bit of a showman, but, um, you know, hopefully that he... he it puts it past him and, you know, he can move he, on with he his He pleaded life guilty and when he was asked outside the courtroom or when he was asked when he was remanded, he said, at least I've had a better summer than G. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'll take my summer over his, thanks. Will you? Yes, I, don't I think, would. I, don't, I wonder if Manu would make that trade. I haven't even mentioned the worst <laughs> of your summer. I, that, they're, they're, only, they're only the things that we could mention, yeah? All right. Tui Kamekameka. Um, was stood yes. down after he was charged with assault occasioning bodily harm in Brisbane. Um, as part of the no the no fault stand down rule, he he actually probably won't start the season unless his trial gets heard beforehand. Um, another incident involving a footy player and female safety. I mean, you know, we go over this over and over again. It's just, I mean, what, what do you say? We've spoken about some of the culture, and I think there's, I don't know, some of the, something's not right in some of these clubs. I mean, it, look, there are isolated incidents, and most of the NRL players are fine, but it, it seems to be either a little bit too prevalent or 
it's holding up a mirror to what actually happens in society, but because of the NRL player's profile, you, you find out about it a lot more. Look, I, this is, and I've been bleeding, I've been on this horse for a long time. One way or another, this needs to be addressed by the NRL and the players and everything else. I mean, this is not... If you had a workplace that had this many yeah. incidents in people's yeah. personal lives with, you know, with incidents with female safety and, and those types of things, I mean, there would be a... In a very serious police investigation launched into the culture of that business and, and people could potentially be up for criminal charges, right? Look, you know what? I mean, I have a, you know, we follow the NBA quite a bit. The NFL has its issues and maybe it's the actual aggression of the sport that has some impact as Rug- well. Rugby but doesn't have those issues. Not as widespread. That's very true, right? Not as widespread or maybe not as widely reported. No, right? I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's as widespread. I think it's... I, oh, think, I think there's an... Uh, you, you I agree, honestly but think, I also... You honestly think I do in think, Sydney... You honestly think in Sydney the press is protecting the rugby? I don't... Look, I don't know. No I'm just sort of no saying, way. well, you know, I, I think there's an element of people who sort of don't know who some of the rugby players are as well, right? Whereas with the rugby league no, players, they all have a pretty true. high profile. I think, you I don't think, think if, so? No, I think if that was happening, they would report it. Um, I tend to have a little bit less faith in the media being as um, open and transparent. But no, regardless, I, I, there's I, I an issue, that's, right? I think that's conspiracy theory ridiculousness. Do you think the Probably. media has... An agenda to get the NRL player uh, o- know, over I'm any so- other sport. Over any other sport, you don't see it in football. You don't see it in rugby. Yeah, I do. Cricket. I actually do. I think it sells papers. Regardless, yeah, but of it, what sell, it sells it sells papers irrespective of which sport it is. I think we'll agree to disagree on that. I think there's a there's a greater I would say profile on the NRL players. Sure, but but if if, if a rugby if a rugby player does some of these things, they I, I, if it's I, a high profile I, person, no, I agree. I think, but if it's it, not. I, I don't. I, I think it would. I think it would be reported. I think it would. I really do think the NRL's got a culture issue. I think you're just giving. Oh no, I, I, I th- agree. I, think, I agree with that. You can't have it both ways. That. You can't say the NRL's being deliberately targeted and then say the NRL's got an issue. Can't can't have it both ways. Oh no, I think the NRL does have an issue. I just think some of those issues are always brought to light because of the the spotlight on the NRL players. If that makes. But so it yeah. should be. Yeah, I agree. Don't don't disagree with that. I think like if I look at the NBA, right? So we we look at that. They used to have a lot of incidents you know 15 20 years ago but if you look at the current generation that's coming through and the last probably 10 12 years they're almost all clean skins right they all manage their profiles quite well they generally keep out of trouble uh, whatever and i know the nba does a lot of player welfare type of stuff Nero does do it, but maybe they can actually go there and have a look and also see what they're doing as part of the NBA stuff. Like the players are more financially savvy. They're more career orientated outside of basketball. There's a lot of that stuff that really is taking off in the NBA. And I think the NRL needs to really take a look at it and try to implement some of the best stuff from overseas and bring it back here. And to really, like you say, start to, there's an issue and it needs to be changed. It needs to be addressed not kind of dealt with incident-wise and then moved on. Because once you get too many incidents, there's a systemic issue there, right? Well, we're already at a systemic issue. But your point around the NBA is right. Good example. But it's nothing the NBA did. I'll tell you what the difference is between the NBA and here is the Mm. agents. The agents in the the US take their players in, tell them what to do, give them the financial training, follow my guidance. They Here... The agent, the agents are a free for all. Well, if you want to follow financial training, apparently Payne Haas shouldn't have followed the All Brothers financial training. Well, that's Didn't right. That's still, that's, well. that's still going through the courts, right? So, <laughs> yeah, but, I but, know. But that that that's the way to the the agents control the players, and the agents are 
the ones leaking these stories to the press and all this sort of stuff. The agents, uh, and, and whilst they've tried to regulate them, they're not really regulated, right? So this is a big issue, and I think the way to tackle it is through the agents. Now, another person who was sacked was, Ty- yep. was Tyrone May after his Instagram post. Yes. What were your thoughts on that one? And I haven't seen whether Tyrone May has been picked up by a club. Has he been picked up yet? I don't think he's been picked up at all. And, I mean, again, same thing. I th- so his career's over? I think it's hard now to recover from this stuff because of the way social media works too. He has been recruited by the Catalan Dragon. Oh, okay. Well, generally overseas. So, But at a local level... I think sometimes these social media, the damage you do, you don't always get that second chance anymore. You kind of become too hard to deal with until things die down and someone picks them up a year or two later, which occasionally happens. But it's it's rare for someone to be picked up immediately, especially if they're a talent like Tyrone May where, you know, there's 20 Tyrone Mays. If it was a Nathan Cleary, I mean, sure, you know, people would probably pick him up. But when it's a Tyrone May and it's like for like, you can replace him relatively easily. They tend to be a little bit harsher, I think, with players like I that. Think, I think Tyrone May is better than any any halfback the Bulldogs have got up there. That that may may be true, but continue, yes. Okay, we're going to get to the salary sombrero. <laughs> yeah. The Phil Gould today, in fact, posted a picture of um, the world's fastest man, Addo Carr, picking up his new Harley Davidson. I'm sure he paid for that himself, and it's all been declared under the salary cap, G. Of course he did. He's on big money, and he's got you know a bit of spare cash to throw around, so good on Addo. <laughs> oh, 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 we're going to go through an exercise with the salary cap sombrero, and it's going to be quite revealing. He didn't happen to pick it up from City Forward, did he? We should. We should. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be the Bulldog. That would be the Roosters. We should cover the Bulldog salary cap sombrero in the season preview, but I couldn't help myself. No, it's going to be covered yeah, today. I know you can't. It's yeah. going to be covered today. Uh, my second last one. Actually, we'll go to the Zane Musgrove one. Did you hear the story about Zane Musgrove? No, I actually didn't. No. Yeah, because you've only got three stories you've done research into. <laughs> yes. Yep. So Zane Musgrove. This one's quite a funny one, actually. I, I really found this one quite amusing. Not my funniest story of the off-season, though. There's one coming up later that that's a- absolutely blew me away. Zane Musgrove got arrested late last year at 9.15pm yep. in Maroubra because he, he got a bit hungry. Zane Musgrove was sitting at home. He goes... I'm a bit hungry. I need to go out and get some food at 9.15. So he's gone for a Macca's run. Okay, could be anyone. Okay, Yeah, yes. he's gone for a Macca's run. Now, the only problem with Zane Musgrove doing this was that he was driving with no lights on. Okay, yeah. At yep. night. So, you know, it's 9.15, no lights. He didn't notice as he was driving, which... Didn't someone, like, flash the high beams at him? Like, you know, How smart do you think these players it? are that they're going to notice this? Okay, so... Maybe that's an old school thing. Woo! Yep. Police pull him over. Yep. They check on his license, and his license had been suspended for three months. Now, my question to you is, you've got Menulog, Uber Eats, lots of other people that deliver lots of people that deliver your food. You are on hundreds of thousands of dollars. Not only do you drive without your lights on and get arrested for it, and your license is suspended, and even if you can forgive all of that stuff, the sheer tight arseness of not paying $5.95 to get a delivery from Macca's Blows me away. Well, I think the five ninety five was a worthwhile investment if your license has been. <laughs> you massive tight ass, pay the five bucks. I don't know. He must be on a minimum wage contract with the Newcastle Knights. Well, it is an expensive well, place to that's live. That's right. Uh, it is, given he plays for the Tigers. Well, whatever <laughs> it is. <laughs> no, we're back. We're back. Go. We're back. I'm just going to double Good check. Stuff, that. I think. I think he the Tigers. I'm just going to double check it. I think I might have got him confused with Musgrave that plays for the 
Ford's mate. Musgrove is a Samoa International Rugby League footballer who plays oh, wrong at player. the West yeah, Tigers. Musgrave. Oh, yeah, Musgrave. Oh, that is fantastic. Yeah. You've got to leave that in. That is fantastic. <clears throat> it did not take long. Who he played for? Zero research. Go. Continue on. Gee, can I just say, you've brought yes. your A game to this. <laughs> that is fantastic. All right, sorry, people, if you can hear the rain in the background, it is absolutely bucketed. We have had 80 mils already on the north shore of Sydney. So, gee, how much have you had? I have no idea, but it's a lot. It's been raining and pouring all day, which is the weather's not the greatest. And I was talking about Braden Musgrove, very close. No, I think I think what we've established here is you're hosting a footy podcast without having watched a game in 15 years. All right, last but not least, and I'm just going to say two words to you and hand it over to you. Yep. Brett Finch. I, I, I did read a recent article by Andrew Webster, which was, which was a really good one. Briefly touched on Brett Finch throughout his career and how he always seemed to be struggling with sort of stuff off the field as well. And he's been quite open about it. You know, just disappointing to hear, read things like that. I mean, it's, it's all alleged. Um, it's still going to go through um, the courts, I believe. So it will just wait and see what the fallout is. But he's also someone that we talk about player accountability he's always played up the whole time from when he was a junior all the way throughout his career and he's always one of those people that always lands on his feet well and his dad was robert finch right he played for the roosters his dad was robert finch or is robert finch andrew andrew webster touches on that in that he's he's connected and he always he's never really said face some of the consequences that some of the other players do so i've got zero sympathy buddy i've got to be honest with you i just i just if those allegations are true, they should throw away the key. It's just, sad, it's just sad news. It's sad news. For who? It's just sad that people end up in situations like that. What do you, you know? mean? If he's done this, he should go to jail for a long time. I, I agree. I don't disagree with that. But I don't feel sympathy for him. It's one thing. Not everyone who's got mental health issues, G, ends up doing the stuff that he's alleged to have done. I'm not sort of going the sympathy card. I'm just saying, like, it's just, it's sad reading about things like that. That's all. It's just terrible. Okay. Oh, let's agree to disagree. I just think, I I get, I get, I think I get the point you're trying to make, but, uh, you know, I'm making no apologies for Brett Finch. I think if it's, if it's true, the, you know, they should, the, the law should deliver justice that i'm i'm so relieved i'm we're at the end of the atrocities list do you have any other atrocities you want to add to the list i shouldn't be laughing but you know what i probably couldn't make something up that would that wouldn't beat the reality of the nrl sometimes i mean like, like i mentioned it's just sad reading about people being involved in things like this it, it's not necessarily a a sympathetic view it's just you don't want to read this stuff and i know that's part of sometimes humanity sometimes but it's just terrible it's just terrible reading about things like that. Well, I've got one. I remember Dylan, Dylan Farrell, if you remember him. He was a, a brilliant young player for the Rabbitohs and then for the Dragons. Heard his back had to retire and he was recently arrested as well for allegedly being part of a drug trafficking syndicate. So he's only 30 years old. I think you're right. Your NBA idea is right, but I don't think it's up to the NRL. I just think they need to, if they control the agents and the agents do a better job controlling the players... Then I think I think a lot of these we we've got to come together. This is it's got to there's got to be change. It's ridiculous. You can't have this. I, I agree with that. Yeah, like I look at like, and for example with Dylan Farrell. I mean I don't know his backstory. I don't know him as a person. But if I look at say the NRL and players that get you know positions, uh, it all seems to be like the, like we've said before the kind of old boys network and they cycle through the same people. You know, you want to take some of that out and give a lot of these kids opportunities to try and do something outside of football, you know, rather than try, being lost or trying to find their way and getting involved in, in stupid things. So 
I, I agree with you, and I think something needs to be done or really addressed. They do things, but I don't know if they give it the real focus, if you know what I mean. They kind of appoint people and then just let it go. But I, I think what you're saying is we it needs to be a real focus of the NRL and the agents and everything else. And hopefully um, they'll, they'll put things in place to sort all this out. Well, I mean, we keep talking about it. I mean, this is the biggest issue facing the game, in my opinion. Anyway... Let's move on to... I'm just going to go through things um, in my list. They're not in any particular order. Yep. And I am going to cover para recruitment as well. Okay, yeah. Should we start with some of the people that have passed away in the off-season? I was going to say, yes, I do. I've got I've got a you know, uh, a favourite that recently passed away as well. Is it? Where do you, where do you want to start? Oh, the, the big O, Olsen Filipino. The big O, yeah. He was, he was the, he was the New Zealand trailblazer, the Kiwi trailblazer yeah. in the NRL or the rugby, ARL as it was then. Well, it was actually the New South Wales Rugby League back then. New South Wales Rugby League, sad to see him hear of his passing. Um, and I remember as a kid growing up and watching him play, he was one of those exciting players when you got to see him play, he'd bump people out of the way and steamroll people and ultra skillful and kind of a very different player to some of the players. And, and he um, matched up to Wally, if you remember, in some of those test matches as well. He, he was amazing. He's also got a... There's a little great short documentary, and I can't remember whether it was on KO or um, actually NRL.com, about some of the challenges he faced being one of the first... That's Polynesian right. Maori players in the New South Wales rugby league, him. and some of, they didn't understand him. Some of the stereotypes that persisted. That he, I, I think he mentioned something like he, you know, he couldn't think the game. It was all physical ability yeah, and all yeah. this other kind of stuff, which wasn't true. And reading Tony Collins' stuff and going back to the fifties, sixties, and even back to the birth of rugby league, that's yeah. always been the angle that the Australians have had on rugby league: the physicality, the the fitness. It's never been an emphasis on skills. It's been a, more an emphasis on training and hardness and fitness levels. Yeah. And, and someone like Olsen Filipaina, who, who he doesn't play that way. He didn't play that way. He was more like a... He could play that way, but he he, he, he had more bows to his game rather than just carting the ball up. I mean, you look at him. He was an absolute tank, and he'd do chip and chases and, and make right. busts. He didn't have the long-range speed, but his explosion through gaps and busting tackles was... And a very skillful player, but um, it was. If anybody can see, find that documentary, I'd, it's definitely worth a watch for one of the first, um, you know, Maori trailblazers in the rugby league. Sad to hear of his passing, and Vale Olsen Filipina. He was one of my, um, one of the players I used to love watching as a kid. Oh, they're a long time ago now, though. You're giving away your age, she. I am. So, I am. So, someone else you liked watching away in your youth? Should we cover another? Yes. I've got I've got two more that I'd like to cover. Yep. Have you got any more? No, I mean obviously Johnny Johnny Raper. Yeah. So before another one that you liked in your youth that you told me about was Norm Proven. Um, yep. The, he was the trophy. What was it like watching him play? G. I mean, you remember that famous grand final? I do. Yeah, nineteen sixty-three was yeah. it? Yeah, I was there. I was there in person. You were there at the SCG. It was yeah, wet. I was. It was wet, muddy. I didn't know if it was Norm Proven or. <laughs> Arthur Summons. Paul Mastroven. Arthur, Arthur Summons. If you do not name know the name of the trophy, you are not allowed to hold. You are not allowed to host a podcast anymore. Of course I do. Um, so, yeah, another, you know, we had a few um, significant deaths in the rugby league community over the off-season, which is, you know, always sad. You know, um, sad to see Norm Proven and, and Johnny Raper. Both um, immortals. Both immortals, yep. right? Um, so, yep. Johnny Raper, what a, what a player he was. Yeah. And, and, of course, Norm Proven grew up around where I live in the north northern side of Sydney 
and of course yeah. coached and captained Saints to premierships, particularly during their golden era of the 11 in a row. Like you say, two immortals, and us being a little bit older than that, didn't really get to see them play, but you know, you read about them, I think, you know, really focused on the history of the game way back when, and you, you, you knew all these sort of historical legends, so it's um, sad to see them pass away and part of you know one of the best teams of all time the the 60s 70s st george dragons golden era for 50, for st george 50s, 60s i think yeah saints yeah so and and yep. johnny raper chook what was he like to watch oh he was he was great one of my pre-childhood i used to think about him when i was in the womb that's <laughs> so what an odd comment to make all right it was a little let's bit too old on. to watch him play let's a little just, bit too let's, to just, watch let's play. just move on what an odd comment to make we'll I, get back into the groove of things I, it's our first one for the year that's right that's right you'll have to bear with us shall we move on to COVID? yes uh some serious stories well apparently god has told dominic perito that COVID is now over okay so it's open any it message about it didn't exist interstate and overseas do you want to explain who dominic perito is He's the Premier of New South Wales, so there are no more restrictions. Everyone could do whatever they want. So You you obviously disagree with this. So turn this into a political podcast for five minutes. Why no, no, not at all. I'm just I, I just poke fun at it, but it's funny, you know, reading some of the off season articles about the COVID restrictions and players like John Asiata tearing up their contracts because they didn't want to get immunized. And four weeks later it's a non issue. Well, it's not a non issue. So let's cover that right now. Frank Pritchard was in a coma with COVID. Absolutely, yeah. Now, thankfully, he's okay. Yes, he's okay. Long recovery ahead it's for not Frankie. To, not to be trifled with. Now, the reports are that over 80% of players and staff have already contracted COVID. Yeah. Some high-profile players, allegedly um, Jordan Rapana is one of them, Jason Tomalolo is another, Josh Papali from the Raiders is another. They've yep. all got medical exemptions. Now, those medical yes. exemptions run out in four months. Okay. Smack bang in the middle of the season. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. So John Asiata, as you mentioned, tore up his contract and went overseas. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and they were able to sign um, Tavita Pangai Jr. with that money that they saved. Of after, course, of after, course. After yes. John Asiata was on a thousand dollar a game train and play deal. The great thing is Phil Gould has learnt from his previous stops and appointments in other clubs and this is not we, about we the are roosters. now the beneficiaries. This is not about the Roosters, the, the salary cap sombrero. So I, love I, it. I don't think it's COVID's great. over. I think there's a long way to go in this story in Australia and in the NRL. There will be another variant. There will be other things that happen. So watch this space. At the moment, we're kind of in this window where we think we've got a lot of people that have had it. Restrictions are coming off. But it could be, my sense is it could be a temporary thing. I, I'm not sure it's going to be forever like this. I think we're accustomed to that now because of some of the lulls and then all of a sudden the, the, the blow up of cases and, and infections. I think the world seems to seem to be able to just, they seem to be just moving past it now and just going, okay, fine, you know, just deal with it. Yeah, okay. I don't disagree with you. I just think that the, the political appetite for shutting down things again or putting in place further restrictions seems to be disappearing fair enough i i which i agree with i don't think we can live moving into the future the way we've lived in the the last couple of years right i think i I don't don't yeah just just even even just for mental health questions and those types of things right it's been tough on people the the different the difference was is if i look at some of the mentality of uh, people just around me it's anecdotal of course but with the Omicron variant, people knew so many people that got it, and it didn't seem as scary, I suppose, um, that people have sort of become a little bit more comfortable with going out. and You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're a little bit less fearful of getting COVID. 
I'm not saying that's right because you look at someone like Frankie Frank the Tank and you know he nearly died. And he's a big, strong guy, right? A little bit, little bit too big to play footy. Yeah, um, but not not that old either. <laughs> no, not that old. You know, and lucky he's okay, like you said. But I think that's the mentality of some people has changed towards it as well. So it'll be interesting to see if it does flare up again, but. My gut feel is it's just going to, whether it does or it doesn't, you know, I think things are just going to try and go back to normal, in inverted commas. I hope that's right, G. I think we can all do with some some good news around that. All right, shall we move on to some player stories? <laughs> yes, we can. I'm going to start with, um, we'll come back to the Joey Leilua one. I, I was wondering whether you saw Nathan Cleary's tattoo. No, I didn't. And I just have to let Misty in through the door. She's back as well for 2022. I just hope she doesn't do what she did in the pod last year. She's back. All right, great. Let's keep going then. Some Misty's in, the star of the show. She's back. Hopefully she doesn't point herself at me and clean herself like she did during a pod last year. Since we last, you last heard from us, I am now the proud owner of a dog too. Layla, the dog, um, she won't be making an appearance on the pod. Okay, all right. We will bet that in 2022, she will make some kind of appearance okay. at one point in time. Okay, Nathan Cleary's tattoo runs halfway down his torso. Oh, actually, all the yep. way down his torso. And it doesn't look yep. like a panther. It's I not just, a rooster, is it? No. Just checking. I just think he might live to regret that one when he's 80. He's got to go, so. He's got to go for surgery of some sort. Hey, Misty, welcome back. Oh, she she needs, a, needs a cuddle. Is that what you call that? Yeah. Okay. She's, she's back. She's back. She's ready to listen to the pod. Okay, that's great. Hopefully she can host next week because uh, the lesson is don't work with animals and G, I believe. So another story that was hit during the off-season, G, and, and this is harder yes. than I thought given you haven't followed the NRL for seven months. Are you just trawling people's Instagrams? No, I'm not. No, things. I'm not. But, you know, as a host of a podcast, you know, I do read papers. So Okay. Yeah. Brandon Smith. Now, yes. Now, can I ask you a question? If you go, this club's given me everything. I really owe. I really love Craig Bellamy. You go. I want to do the right thing. I'm really torn between the Roosters and and my home club Melbourne. I want to handle this appropriately. I want to leave on the best terms. So maybe one day I can come back, or whatever. You just want to leave on best terms. Do you yep. think the best way to do that is to go on a podcast and the first Melbourne hears about it is you saying you've always dreamed of winning a premiership in a Roosters jersey? I don't even. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. That's like a Magic Maguire, Benji Marshall moment from last year. You know what? In fact, after that, he should go play for the Tigers. That's what he should do. Oh, 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 oh my wait, God! What would the, What are these players thinking? Here's an idea, Brandon. If you want to sign with the Roosters, that's okay. How about you go have a conversation <laughs> with Madger with with Craig Bellamy first? Especially after you professed your love for him on a. <laughs> In public. Oh, my God. I'm just blown away. I am blown away. All right. The, uh, I don't know. That's actually funny. That story's funny. I mean, what were funny. you thinking, Brandon Smith? These guys are never going to be neurosurgeons, let's be honest. No. they Unfortunately, the NRL needs to um, engage some neurosurgeons. But, yeah, another topic. That's brilliant. Sorry, that's funny. We've got a guest appearance. Oh, we've got a guest appearance. We've got Layla the dog. Told you. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't long. I've already won the bet. You have already won the bet, luckily. <laughs> yes. We didn't say what the bet was about. No. Or what the gift was. So Layla will now be hosting the pod. G will leave the pod. <laughs> That's well. And Layla- I think we're both just going to get sacked and it's going to be a cat and a dog. 
podcast. All right, let's cover one of... I've got two, and one of them is my favorite story of the year. Let's cover the first one. The first one is, okay, Joey Leilua. Yes, got offered, I, I read this. Got offered a contract by West Tigers for pay and play. Basically, it's train and play. So you get a 1000 bucks each week, yeah? And then you get match payments if you play games, yeah? Yes. So you can still earn a decent wicket, but it's just not guaranteed. So Correct. So he found this an insult, and he absolutely launched into Madge on Instagram about, yeah. um, you know, he doesn't want to play for someone who blames his players, you know, which Madge can do. He does. He's Madge, actually not wrong about Madge that. Which actually does do. Doesn't take any accountability, etc. So, So then he said he's going to take his talents elsewhere. And he, of course, not signed... Not to South Beach. Not to South Beach. Okay, just checking. He, of course, signed for the Featherstone Rovers. And my favourite part of this story is in the Super League, or in the actually in, in England. My favourite part of this story is he got there, and then when he got there, he got interviewed. And he admitted that once he signed with them, he didn't know they were a second division club. So... <laughs> <laughs> He didn't know which that they they weren't actually in the Super League. I love that story. It's great. He didn't check it before he signed, but then when asked about it, he said the way they were talking to me, I thought they were they were in the Super League. Gee, this level of stupidity you do not find in I any other sport. I don't know what to say. Like, you do not look, find listen, this in any other sport, brother. I can understand. Thirty years ago, that may have, may or may not have happened. Hey, gee, if you change jobs yeah. and you go, you know what? I'm going to change jobs. And then the first day you get in the car, you get there and you go, shit, I didn't know this, this job wasn't in Sydney, that it was in Newcastle. <laughs> I mean, I it's kind of an obvious... Look, doesn't the contract tell you what division, what their address is? Yeah, look, I don't know. This day and age, you could just jump on Google on your phone and just Google Featherstone Rovers. It's not that hard. Correct. Correct. Honestly. Do you think he could spell Featherstone? Was that the issue? Who's his agent? Do you think his agent would have looked this up for him? I think that actually begs a good question. I'm not sure. But um, that, that's actually quite a funny, sto- funny story. Gee, I think what we've established through this pod, I know we're a bit rusty with our first pod back. Yeah, we are. Go. Featherstone Rovers. All right, my favourite, absolute favourite story of the off-season. Marty yeah. Tapao. Yes, I haven't I haven't read this of about course you haven't. All of I know course is you haven't. Got let go. Manly are happy for him to leave, but I haven't haven't read. Of course you haven't, G. It now goes without saying that you don't know of the story and you haven't read or seen anything. I'm, I'm more involved in the intricate details of the game rather than this gossip stuff. Ha- are you? Are you? <laughs> yeah. Are you? I cannot wait yes, to do go. the first analysis of the game. Go. I think we should listen yeah, back go. on some some pods okay okay marty tapao had a massive argument with someone online on social media that person was arguing with marty tapao because she was claiming marty tapao had died as a result of a reaction to the covid vaccine with marty tapao correct marty tapao was defending (laughs) the fact that he was alive to someone on social media I'm not, i'm not dead i'm not dead i'm not dead i'm not dead I've heard it from good authority that you are because I've heard you've had an adverse reaction to the COVID vaccine and died. But I'm not dead. I'm still alive. Is that seriously how Yes. Yes. I had an argument with someone online. What about the other person though? At what point does Marty Tapao telling you he's still alive? Wouldn't the Marty Tapao Instagram account with his picture and family and everything? I mean, how... Let's be honest. (laughs) How batshit crazy do you have to be to have this argument with the actual person? Who's alive? Who's alive? That's what makes me laugh. It's not a rumour. I attended his funeral. Uh, That would have been hard. It's not an argument between fans. It's actually someone arguing with the person. With Marty Tapao. Yes. Marty, you're dead. No, I'm not. 
was my absolute favourite story. Oh, that's so good. Of the that off-season. is great. The NRL. That is actually brilliant. Brandon Smith, the NRL, Blake Ferguson. There's been some cracking stories. The Brandon Smith one was really good as well. I love that. I, I want to do things the right way. And it goes on Just by the way. We've got some more funny ones uh, coming up. Shall we cover off some of the recruitment? Actually, or we can go. We can go down the path of recruitment, or we can go down the path of some of the funny NRL incidences during the off season. I've got a, just a couple of random random thoughts. I haven't looked into the recruitment too much. I have, but not. Of course, no. Yeah. But that's more. For, I've left that for the season preview. Have you? Right? Well, so. aren't we recording that tomorrow? So yeah, you've got a couple of things you want to mention. Well, things like um, you know, there was a lot of noise about the judiciary being reviewed. I've got that. I've got that in the NRL. Hold. Can you hold your horses on that one? Yeah. Yep. Um, I did read an interesting article about the ball tracking technology that they've been testing to see if they can, you know, like similar to VAR, where they're actually tracking forward passes. I've got that. Let's start there. So let's go into the NRL stuff. So um, that's going to be trialled in the NRL women's that kicks off shortly. That was announced at the same time. And I can tell you the exact date. The Sun. It was the same day as the Sun Herald did an article of 133 footballers and a concussion research that showed that it didn't lead to more depression. Um, which was really okay. contrary to a lot of the other research that's happened. It in is. This headspace. It is. So, um, it that, is that, very that much happened so. in the off off season, and so they are going to trial. There was some talk this year that they were going to trial in the mouth guard a microchip to see the impact of the head knocks. Um, and yes. we, we haven't heard yep. anything since then. Essentially, so um, I'm hoping they still trial that this year. I, ho- I hope so. Yeah, to, I to hope actually so. measure the for- force and sort of then uh, feed that into the the real world data on some of the concussions and the impact so it'll be um it'll be excellent data to capture and sort of see what the ramifications are i agree with that but i think you're talking about the forward pass technology yeah the forward pass technology the microchips in there yeah so they're going to trial that in the nrl women's it'll be interesting to see how it goes um typical of the nrl if it doesn't work then they will drop it quietly let's let's start with the biggest news of the nrl off season which was yeah the redcliffe dolphins were admitted into the comp as the 17th team Yep, in randomly without telling all the play, without telling all the other teams, without yeah. telling all the other teams, we covered that in the podcast last year. <laughs> so they were admitted in, to start the comp in 2023 after, and it's got it reeks of News Corp. Uh, yes, picking them after Lachlan Murdoch said it was okay. After News Corp agreed to give the NRL 25 million extra per annum in return for 25 percent less Broncos games going to free to air. Now, what I love most about this is the NRL were committed to a second Brisbane team, and then. Put a team in not based in Brisbane. <laughs> this is the NRL. That's what happens. I mean, it's great. I mean, we, we, we had a go with Joey Lailua about not Googling it. Does anyone at the NRL have an atlas? Or a, or a, <laughs> no, or, or a, Google Maps. Or a street directory. No. They don't have to even go as high tech as Google Maps. They can just go and just, just look up Redcliffe in relation to Brisbane. But you know what happened? I can tell you what happened is Peter Volandis didn't have access to the NRL helicopter to fly over. That's what happened. And check if there are any AFL posts in Redcliffe. And now, now, so the NRL then goes, well, Redcliffe goes, you beauty. We are a, because they've got quite a history and they've produced quite a few NRL players over the years, Redcliffe. Yep. So they're they're quite strong in the Queensland Cup. But um, they've decided, you know what we need to do? We need someone to, like, like GWS did with Kevin Sheedy. They decided they need a long-term coach that's got history in the game. They want to invest in someone that can rise with the team. So they went out and got a 73-year-old coach on a three-year contract. 
Is this the, st- the statue that is named Wayne Bennett? Let me tell you something. Wayne Bennett is now Mr. Burns. He's going to die on the throne. He is. I think so. And Jason Demetriou was Mr. Smithers, and Mr. Smithers is yeah. running his own nuclear power plant He's at the running moment. His own- he is. So Wayne Bennett will be close enough to 76 at the end of this contract. Yeah, you know what, mate? He loves the game. I think he's probably a good person to get it started, at least. I think that's a, a good move. And at least he can sort of bring them into the, the professionalism and set, help set things up. Look, regardless of some of his more recent stops, or his, I suppose his stop in Newcastle, he's actually set up and recruited the right players and actually helped teams continue on their successful path, so or path to success. So I think it'll be good for him you mean like at to Newcastle? at least establish... Not Newcastle, ex- excluding Newcastle. I think it'll be good for him to to be there at the beginning. You mean like the long term? You mean like the long term planning he did at Saints at the Dragons? Yeah. Do you want me to keep going, G, or is, <laughs> yeah. are you? Yeah. Are you? Are you? Recency <laughs> bias. I'm more thinking South. So oh my god! You. And when he went back to Brisbane, but you know he knows a player and he, he will help try and set up the right culture. I I, I do believe. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you know what? You're going to have to go a long way. To beat that Zane Musgrove moment on our pod. Or you could do what Redcliffe have actually done and just sign every player that's played for Melbourne. Correct. So, good segue. So, Redcliffe <laughs> have signed Kenny Bromwich, the Melbourne Jesse Bromwich, Felicity yeah. Kabusi. They've the professor from South, Mark Nichols. Yes. Ray Stone, yes. the world's best hooker. Jermaine yes. Sarko and youngster Balance Tawari. Now, Melbourne are already losing Brandon Smith to the Roosters next yes. year. Yes. They are rumours around Nelson Osofa Solomona because of his anti-vax stance and whether he'll play because Victoria is stronger. They are looking a bit... Now, I think they will keep Cam Munster and Jerome Hughes wants an upgraded contract for five years, which is which is an interesting interesting commitment. Well, he wants a security of a five-year, yeah. Yeah, he does. So, the, so, so there... And, and Craig Bellamy's got to let the club know what role he wants to do for the next four years by the end of March, whether he wants to continue coaching next year. You know that contract he signed where yep. yeah, you're here for five years, you tell us what you want to do, that job. Yeah, where he looked around the rest of the NRL and thought, fuck it, I'm better off staying here. Correct. He said that, so, that contract, yeah. So he's got to let him know by March though. So if they lose Craig Bellamy, they've lost already. Kenny Bromwich, Jesse Bromwich, Felicia Kafusi, Brandon Smith, and potentially one of Cam Munster or Jerome Hughes. And, and Craig Bellamy... Like they're, they're, I mean, am I wrong to think the window could be? I mean, we say this every year: is the window closing on Melbourne? And and the, and and, and Kamikamika was suspended, and they've they've, yes. had, they've had an off season like I'm very very unlike Melbourne. They're not usually in the press, except for the time no. Nelson for Solomona went to the Bali nightclub and knocked out everybody. Correct. So there's two parts to this question: first, Redcliffe's recruitment. And second, where's Melbourne at with all this? I think Red Redcliffe's recruitment's been pretty strong. I mean, people say, "Oh, they're you they're know going after people forwards. that are 30. They're but focusing they're on the forwards. Vet, veteran and professional forwards that do a job and set the right platform and the right culture, and competitive every game. You know, and Melbourne, they're at a, a crossroads, aren't they? Essentially, they're losing not just veterans, but people that have been their mainstays for six, seven years that have actually basically made the team contenders every single year and helped set up part of that culture. And you lose all five or six in one hit. That's a big, big chunk to replace. Big it's chunk not to one replace. or two players. You're replacing half a team, essentially. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be difficult. And if Craig Bellamy decides to stay or go, then you've got another problem. I think he'll stay. Oh, he'll stay, but I don't think he'll coach. I think he's ready to retire. I don't know if he'll coach. No, I agree with you. But I think what this does is gives him an opportunity to regenerate some of the squad and bring through some... It gives him another challenge, I think. If they, if they 
next year, in 2023, if they're not the team they were under Craig Bellamy, he gets to go. He gets to claim all the credit, right? They were amazing under Yeah, Bellamy. well, he does. Yeah. Um, I think they'll be okay because I just think they, at least with Bellamy coaching, all I remember is 2010 when they were basically, for all intents and purposes, kicked out of the competition and played for no points. And bar the odd slip up here and there where they, you could tell they didn't feel like playing, they would have finished fourth. Yeah, that's right. When they had nothing to play for. And I think that's still one of the most incredible seasons I've ever seen from a team, to be honest. And and I think I think that two thousand and nine grand final should have been given to the Eels. And also one of the, speaking of which one of my favourite games, which is basically Jared and Billy Slater trying to kill each other in two thousand and ten. That was, was awesome. fantastic. That awesome was fantastic, TV. Yeah. It was great. Um but you know, with that always in mind, I think they're, they're going to be okay. They're going to be around about the top four like they always are. It's just, they just always have a habit of getting people from nowhere. You know I what really I mean? I think we're at the end of the journey. We're getting towards the end of the journey. We're close, but I also think there are halves and other players floating around. I think they'll be good this year. Don't get me wrong, but I think if they yeah. lose all these four, I mean, these are not, they're not easy. But you know what, place. T... They're not. The forwards would be hard, but they, they've just got a habit of picking and recruiting the right players that come in and then take... When Craig Bellamy's up. there, well, maybe there's a system in place now. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I'm a bit more sceptical on it, but time hey, will we, tell. We, we lost the grand finals to them in 2012, and one of the best players on the field was Brian Norrie, who was playing in the bush at the start of the year. That no one wanted him. You, you know, like just... That, the stuff sticks in your head. They just grab somebody, they think they can do a job, and they do an amazing job for them. If he wants to coach, I suspect there'll be a vacancy at the Bulldogs by the end of the year. There is a possibility, yes. Yeah, so, anyway. I, I I will mention that when we do our season preview, but I have a distinct feeling that that vacancy will be available. I think you might be right. So, all right, let's cover off some more NRL news. Um, yep. Now, they introduced the 17th team. Logically, they should yep. introduce an 18th team because it doesn't give them an extra they should. game. Yes. The leading con- one of the leading contenders for that is the North Sydney Bears, who have dropped North Sydney from their moniker and wants to and have launched a bid to become the 18th team. And their logo will look like the Leyland Brothers because their proposal has them playing four to six games at North Sydney Oval and then becoming yes. the travelling Wilburys and playing the rest of their games in New South <laughs> Wales country, place. Adelaide and Perth. Okay. So they just I just be don't think the, the Bears... Wa- wa- I just don't, bears look, I, I love the Bears. I think they should be back in the comp, and I'll tell you why. Because we've handed over the whole part of Northern Sydney to Manly to other sports. And that's okay, but... but Agree. But, Agree with but that. But Lane Cove... Um, Ride, remember the high schools at Ride yes. that were footy? Yes. Like we're losing all, they were all North Sydney areas that are gone. So, yeah. so I, I am in fact, but I just feel like this is not a well thought out plan. No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't, it doesn't I don't, I don't think this is going to happen. It just sounds like we're bringing rugby league to the people. This, is, this has got G written all over it, this plan. Not at all. Have you um, consulted to the North Sydney Bears, G? No, I haven't. They'd have a far more coherent strategy. I doubt that very much. No, I do. I do. Um, it wouldn't be built around te- technology, their strategy, though, would it? I think, no. I, no, definitely not. Back to the old school. Yeah. Do things the hard way. Yeah. Hey, hey, NRL, we want to be the 18th team. Let me give you a presentation on overhead projector. So you, you, you don't Google things like Featherstone Rovers. You go yeah. there and give it a shot. Yeah. Wait, um, oh shit! Oh, there's a typo on this slide. Let me just cross it out with a marker. I I think the next the twentieth team has to be somewhere else. What in, about in what about before the twentieth team? What about the eighteenth team? Well, the eighteenth team <laughs> should be in Perth. Oh god! I think Perth is probably the way to go. Oh, this is a very loose podcast. This is a very loose podcast. 
you know, second team in New Zealand would be great, but they have to solidify the Warriors there first. They've been there forever and they still can't get that which, right. Which teams should they put in before the 20th? <laughs> well, of, of Perth, Wellington and um, Adelaide. There have you, you been go. to There's Wellington? Three. No. It's got like 200,000 people that live there. It's a university town. So, yeah, look, Perth, Adelaide, and we'll come up with some other team. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Guys, the guys, I'm going to play. I, listen, I want our listeners to make up their own mind about whether you've been consulting to the Bears or not. <laughs> it sounds like a... The Bears can, the bears can visit every other, every other town. Oh, my God. The Wellington Bears. What a plan. The Wellington Bears. Oh, fantastic. Having said that, there's more likely to be a bear in Wellington than there is in fucking the Central Coast or North Sydney. That's true. That's true. I don't think that's how they came up with the names. I don't think yeah. so. No. I don't think there's many Panthers in Penrith either. Oh, no. Remember, there's a Western Sydney Panther that's a myth. It's always oh, floating God. around. Oh, God. It's Nathan Cleary's the, tattoo. And the only rabbitos in the South Sydney area were in your backyard growing up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Until they were eaten. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you would have heard that the NRL spruiked the amazing deal that they did with Channel 9 for another five years for $575 million. And the emperor came out in his loincloth at the head of at the he- at the front of rugby league headquarters and said, Yes. I negotiated, you know, with, with, with a bit of sauce on his shirt. I announced that that we've done a deal, they're great partners, and we've done our best deal ever. And they promoted it and the, the newspaper said, oh, Peter Volandis, what a legend. He's done all this. Now, I did a bit of research into this deal, G. I was about to say, is this one of those, please read the fine print announcements? The, the $575 million, you know, this they spruiked this update? Yes, they is, did. Is the exact same amount they signed the last TV deal with Channel 9 for. Now, surprisingly, no one read beyond the headlines. So so they, roll, they rolled over the contract. The other bit is that they agreed to scale back NRL.com. You did mention that last year, which I think is disgraceful. Which is ridiculous, yep, right? Which is ridiculous. So that's the deal they did. Now, they did get a genuine increase from New Zealand in terms of Sky Sports over there, and there's some games on free-to-air, and that's a great deal. But they've also lost the $200 million from Telstra for the digital rights. Is that right? Wow. So what they're helping they're helping build Channel Nine's digital NRL capability. They've given they've given more content so to what, Channel Nine. What what I will say is that broadcasters have got a much better deal for the same price, and and they have and Fox chipped in an extra twenty five million for the Brisbane thing. But but yep. I'm not sure it's a fantastic deal. I, I think the when the AFL comes up, the AFL will do a much better deal, and the disparity will lengthen. Well, I will. They will. Um, I think that's without a doubt. I think we need proper journalists looking at this stuff, not just people who have got vested interests and people spruiking, supporting, you know, Peter Volandis' mates or people who don't like Peter Volandis. You need proper journalists looking at this stuff. Oh, absolutely Because it's agree. all there. It's all there. You can look into it. If I can look into it, there's people that out there that are yeah. journalists that can look into it. Because right? listening to that, like, you, like I said, like you mentioned, I didn't realise I lost tel- the Telstra rights. You're basically given... Not the naming rights, not the naming rights, but the Telstra digital rights. The digital rights, right? It's all gone to Channel 9 for the same price that they paid before and they've just created more content and then scaled back their own productions, which is silly. Uh, the option of them producing their own content like NBA TV or anything like that or NFL Game Pass or MLB, all of which I subscribe to. So that's how good yes, it is. Yeah. You know, it's now out the window and Telstra's released, the, you know, Telstra have said that they won't hold the mobile digital rights beyond 2022. So it'll well, be exclusively, it'll be exclusively yeah. with, with the... So, 
you don't watch on a mobile device, you'll have to watch it through Channel 9 or or yep. KO or Foxtel Go. So that that's worth something, right? That worth, that's yes, worth it something. Is. Well, the NBA, I mean, look, the NBA have somewhat neglected NBA TV because it's owned by one of their Well, they want to fan fun. So, so actually, Channel 9 has got a good deal. Of course, they have, absolutely. Um, as part of that deal, I want to ask you, because the AFL from many, many, many years ago has always said you need to show these games in interstate, whether people watch them or not. Yeah. Is that part of this new deal or they're just going to let Channel 9 show in a row? I think it's a rollover. I think it's a rollover. I think the Melbourne games, do, Melbourne. Go, Melbourne games do go into Melbourne now. It's not like the old days. Yeah, yeah. But they should just make them show all the games, the NRL games on Channel 9, regardless. Oh, yeah. I, I, it's, I think whether it's, it's Melbourne the, playing or not. I, I'm not sure on the state of the Melbourne TV rights. Yeah. All right, let's move on to a few other stories from the NRL. Uh, this is kind of yeah. linked to the NRL. Mike Cannon-Brooks, who recently just tried to buy yes. AGL. Yes, um, he did. <laughs> To shut down their coal-fired plants because AGL weren't doing it quick enough. And does everybody know he goes to Cranbrook by now, or do we just have to throw that into Cranbrook? Well, he's an Eastern we have suburb. To throw boy. that in, and, yeah. And the reason you can tell is because it's in the paper every couple of weeks. And he like, bought, yeah. and he bought into the Rabbitohs. I, yep. Are you across that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so first things first. Do you know who Mike Cannon Brooks is? Yes, I do. Okay, and you're aware of the sport of rugby league? I believe so. I believe he's played with a white oval ball. Okay, excellent. And you are aware who the Rabbitohs are? I believe I do. Yes. Okay. This is not going to be like Joey Leilua where you're going to rock up to <laughs> McDonald Jones Stadium and go, where's the, the Rabbitohs? Newtown Jets, no. Okay, okay, right. So he's bought into, he's, he, along with Russell Crowe, Rusty, I think James Packer's sold out or sold down at the very least. So I think, I, think he, I, think he'll be, I think people like him are great people to have involved in rugby league. They're great. I was going to say, T, t- is, was, he a South, was his reasoning being a South fan from way back? I don't think he's commented on just... it, but I don't think you would buy into a club like that unless you were a fan. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it must I would, be. I I mean, would you, you would you buy money. into Para? Well, if you had that much money and you're a fan, you just buy into your own club. It's, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's like the NBA. I don't think it's like the NBA where they'll buy anything to get in. I don't think it's that. Yeah, I mean, would you would you pay would you pay money for the Roosters or the Bulldogs? No, you'd pay. For I would the Bulldogs, absolutely right? not pay any money for the Bulldogs, given the state they're in. <laughs> I may we'll give help money. The salary I cap. May, We've got a handout. We need some more. I may, We're running I, short. I may put some money into the Roosters because I think they're a very well-run club. So, okay. So, my, I, I think we need to get uh, that is a step in the right direction. Modernising yeah. people in in Atlassian's digital, you know, the uh, yeah stock market darling. They're the right people to be involved in the game. All right. Let me let's let's move to some other NRL news here or quasi NRL news. The World Club Challenge was cancelled because Penrith wouldn't travel over. To play St Helens, yeah, that's a shame. We didn't go over for the World Cup. We're becoming, yeah. and you know, I went on a bit of a rant last year about this. We're becoming very myopic. We need to invest in the international game with the NRL. Yes, it's funny. I was reading a coaching, the coaching poll that was run in the SMH, and one of the comments was they'd like more control about their players playing international rugby yeah, league. Yeah, not knock them back. It, yeah, feeds yeah to feed into your comment, which should be the opposite. Absolutely, absolutely right. So. So uh, that's a shame. Hopefully it'll be back this year. Although I don't know where they fit it in because the World Cup's at the end of the year. So it might actually be 2023 before this thing's played. They might not play it. They'll probably just cancel or, it. Or they do it pre- Or maybe mid-season. Mid-season. Pre-season next year, maybe they might do it. Um, and I know you've been an avid watcher of the pre-season games already. I have so far, yes. Have you watched any? I did catch a glimpse of the Dogs versus Newcastle. <laughs> Terrible game. But anyway. How good was your attack? He's meant to be. He's meant to be. After Manly and Penrith, everyone spruked Trent Barrett's attacking coaching, right? Going, he's this attacking genius. 
For an attacking genius, my God, you guys have a lot of block plays and bombs. Let's just say I watched it for about 10 minutes and I could predict what was happening from it's my couch. It's a very, very structured and predictable I attack. I think Newcastle picked up what was happening too. It was a real odd thing. Like he's I have no a... comment. He's already going Mourinho. Um, he's he's he, pulling he, out the Mourinho, Trent Barrett. Mourinho. Yeah, yeah. He's starting to throw his players under the bus. He's getting he he's warming up the bus. I mean, I, I agree with him. I, Brandon Wakeham and Jake Avrilo in the halves were terrible, but but they played exactly like they did last year. And then beyond the Odo played exactly like Jake Avrilo and Brandon Wakeham do too. So is it tactics or is it personnel? Don't know. We're going to find out. I don't think he'll be there by the end of the year. Anyway, we'll talk about oh, that I don't in our think preview. So. Anyway, pod. yep. Um, so, of course, the NRL said it won't change the rules for this season after tinkering so much with it last year. Uh, and, then prece- and of course and, they did. And then proceeded to change the rules. Yeah, of course so, they did. So, so it's, you will now get a penalty um, inside 20 if you give away well, it does fix, it does fix one of the it does fix one of the issues that you how said. Did they, how did, how like, did they decide 20 metres? Mate, don't want to know. So let me ask you a question. If I'm if I kick downfield and someone takes it on the ten meter line, instead of tackling him at the fifteen meter or the nineteen meter line, don't I give him the extra two meters and then give away the seventh tackle? Dude, they don't have these conversations. I'm telling you, the whole seventh tackle thing is dumb too. I mean, it's just stupid. I mean, they've got to think these things through and trial them. These don't. changes they of the don't. rules on the run. I mean, all it's going to do is they're going to give up the meters. That you just you, you just give away the seventh tackle at the twenty-one meter mark. Yeah, it's just it's isn't it forty or is it the oh, inside the forty? Maybe it's forty. It's forty, I, th- I think. Maybe it's inside the. 40. But regardless, they don't think it through, and you can tell because they don't sit there and go, "Okay, how can coaches take advantage of these rules?" And they get caught, you know, by surprise every year because you can tell they haven't had that discussion. It's not a. Well, okay, if we we're going to cheat this rule, how would you do it? Because all the coaches do it. It's inside yeah. the, the 40, you're right, which makes a lot more sense. That 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 will help with that. But I mean, the, I mean, okay, so the 20-meter argument's not there. But but what it will do is you're, you're implementing a rule to fix a rule you introduced. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's just... Because it's just, um... I haven't thought it through. Same as the head high tackle, where now, you know, you don't get the free interchange because everyone was roaring it. And the other change Well, correct, was... the games towards the back end, it was like unlimited interchange. There was 15, 16 interchanges. And then also the other change was they're stopping the trainers from running onto the field. You would have thought they would have done that after the grand final between Canberra and the Roosters, that the trainers are not meant to be on the field at all. That was at ridiculous. Any point well, did I go to that grand final with you? Yeah, we did. Remember, yeah, it yeah. was like Canberra could have scored a try, and this was in your showpiece game. Oh, and yeah, and you know that trainer that there were two Raiders players. That was a runaway try. It was a runaway try, right? So, and and the Roosters won it through that play from Latrell Mitchell down the basically the length of the field down the left edge. Yep. So th- that try actually caught, you know. That was a bad mistake, and we've just glossed over it. And that shows they glossed over it. And from that point on, immediately, the trainers should not be allowed on the field at any point in time unless there's a break in play. Like I agree with that completely. I agree with that That's completely. Like, why are they even on the field? Or, or, or serious injury. Or serious injuries, right? Like, you don't watch the NBA and watch the coach come out of the coach's box and follow the players around the baseline and tell them what to do. That's right. Uh, which would be odd. So, would be which is odd. what the... It would, would be, be odd, odd, but that's what the NRL look. does. The it trainers are look. on there behind... It would be yeah, the look. trainers are behind the defensive line coaching players where to stand. You wonder why players can't think for themselves much anymore. There's, your, there's you know, exhibit A. That's right. You're back with a vengeance, G. I am. I'm fired up. The trainers piss me off because they do nothing except... It's like they're playing... Well, and the rules, know, mini, the constant mini-ly. tinkering with the rules is just rubbish. All right. Now, another another 
on the international game. France has been announced to host the 2025 World Cup, and I think that will be fantastic. That'd be great. That might be a good trip. If that would be this... a great trip. I think we should pencil that one it in. It would be. Yep. We do south of France to watch the World Cup, and then you get tickets to the semi-finals and follow the the teams around. It'll be just it'll just be brilliant. I think they've done a good job. I'm glad it's not in the normal places. Agree with that. I think it's it's good and different to be in in France. And whenever there's some kind of World Cup of sorts or some kind of tournament, you know the locals get behind things, which is which is great. It is great. Um, they should consider doing one in the states. Oh, I think they've they should have targeted the states a long time ago. Yeah, it's it's got to go internationally. All right. Finally, around the NRL judiciary. Now, it's been mooted that they're going to change it. They're not happy with the judiciary, blah, 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 blah. One Players, of, coaches, no one's happy with it. Yep, I actually don't mind it. I, I think it's pretty transparent, the system. One of the things the NRL has mooted in the press, you know, it's a bit like the government. They're throwing these ideas in the press through Paul Kent and a few other people and then seeing what the backlash is. Because there's going to be a new system, they're thinking of resetting everyone's history. So there's no carryover, if you like. Everyone starts on zero. Fair, okay, fair enough. Do you? Fair I enough. think it's a terrible idea. And I'll tell you why. We'll get to one. Fuwa Mayono, who injured <laughs> Hayes Dunster, who's his brother-in-law, yep. dating his sister, after a head-high tackle on Ryan Pappenheisen, and this is his second hip-drop tackle that's injured someone in six months. Yep. Incredibly poor act. Very poor technique. He should have the book thrown at him. And if he goes and does that again in round three after the new rules, they should throw him out of the game. His his record should not be reset. And so that's my view. My view is that it shouldn't be reset. I can see where you're coming from. For me, I necessarily I don't necessarily have an issue with that. But if there's carryover or you know, if you have pre don't have carryover points, but take their, their history into account, if that makes sense. So there's no you can reset their points, but then say, hey, You've done this tackle two or three times. It would factor into their sent their sent their well, sentence. I don't know. Suspension. I just I just don't know what the problem is they're trying to solve. I think it's a quite a transparent system. You get you get reckless, careless, accidental. You get a hundred points as a suspension. I have an issue with the fines. Why? I just don't think the the players get punished by getting suspended. I don't think you then need to fine them as well. Okay. Well, that's that's a that's that's a tweak as opposed to it's a tweak yeah and i did read one comment from one of the players which was actually quite a good one where it's like the fines you know it's like a fine it impacts people disproportionately like you said if you're a minimum wage guy and you get suspended for three weeks like half your pay is gone right yeah yeah that's almost your pay and i thought that's a good point so i said the so the fines i think need to go but the system's probably needs tweaks rather than totally. I don't think it's. Redone. I don't think it's that bad a system. I mean, what what I will say is, we just we as a game we make decisions that chip away at the credibility of this system. So what I mean by that is jo- Jordan Rapana in the All Stars game. Jordan Rapana has had a poor tackling technique with the shoulder charge for years. He's, he's just, the best. He's just gotten away with it. He was an angry man. He put on four shoulder charges. He could have an argument with no one else in the room. But were you surprised it was and Jordan? Then Andrew Fafita drawing off his, his lipping Andrew Fafita. I'll tell you what, he's not someone I'd want to piss off Andrew Fafita. Anyway, no, so because he was suspended from the end of last season, they've actually now said because of his suspension in the All-Star game, he can serve the suspensions concurrently. What do you mean? So he'll be back to play the same time he was due to go back to play. So what was the point of having anyway? Just, yep, just. Don't worry. But this is my point. This is my point. It just, it just chips away at the credibility of the system. It's not the system itself that's the issue. It's the NRL that's the issue. Yeah. So, 
the other bit that so now that we've spoken about the judiciary and all the problems and how everyone's unhappy yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Alan Sullivan QC has joined the NRL Commission. And of course, yep. in addition to being a very famous barrister and a very high profile barrister, he was also chair of the judiciary that everyone hates. <laughs> and so they promoted him to become on the NRL Commission. I have no comment. Ladies I have ge- no comment. Ladies and gentlemen, Serious. I give you the NRL. So no comment on that one. All right. Shall we move on to some of the player and media stories now? I'm, I'm on the home stretch here, G. Definitely. Okay, so I'm going to start with the Bulldogs, and then I'm going to yes. go into the Eels. The salary yep. cap sombrero. Now, I just want to name for you exactly the players you've lost and exactly the players you've gained, and I want you to answer one simple question. Do you yes. think the salary cap on the players you've lost equals the salary cap of the players you've gained? Do you want the um, Roosters answer, or do you want the real answer? I want the real answer. Okay. Okay. You lost Renoff Fatoni. Yes. Who would have been on massive money, right? He what? was on about $800,000 a year, I believe. <laughs> oh, is this the way we're going to do this? Yes. Okay. Okay. Dean Britt, who was on $1.2 million a year by all accounts. I actually know how much he was on because I've got some sources, but way too much. Okay. Doesn't um, matter. I'm just going to go through the list with you. I don't want you to But that was, um, if you remember, Dean Britt's father used to play for Chris Anderson and there was... I understand. Um, I understand probably factored a little bit into the contract. Okay. Nick Kotrick. Christian Crichton. Yes. Nick Kotrick, who was out of... Nick Kotrick was on big money. Big Him him and um, Dean Britt were a million dollars a year. I can okay. tell you that. Okay. Okay. God, oh my that God. I know. God, you're throwing... No, no. Me. Honestly, that I know. Bradley Dietz. Yep. Another million dollars a year, G? Look, he was part-time, so I understand that he was on a pro-rata payment of $900,000. Okay. Part-time, 900000 Adam Elliott. Seven million a year. on massive money. Yes. Okay, G. Tyrone Harding, another one on the nine hundred thousand at part time. Yeah, he he was on one point two million. What's he? What's he? G. Yes. What's he? Watson Haletta. Youngster, we let him go, but he was on above match payments on four hundred and fifty five thousand a year. <laughs> Will, yes. Will Hopewadi. Will I don't know if Will Hopewadi was on a big contract or not. To be quite honest, well, it must have been on lots of money to afford. Judging the by. Des Hasler's salary cap um, structures. He probably was on two point seven million dollars. Will Hopewadi got paid a hundred thousand for his first four years, and his last year was two point seven yeah, million dollars. Like, yeah, that's that's a Des Hasler salary yeah. cap contract for sure. Sione Katoa. I hope he wasn't on a lot of money. That's all I can say. Lachlan Lewis. Oh, he's he's, he's set for life after selling speakers. Now, after selling the speaker that we got given, um, I would tend to think his contract wasn't that um, substantial. Okay. Falakiko Manu. Who he play for is my answer to that one. <laughs> it's another one. He's at a million dollars a year. Nick Meany, who was dreadful for the Melbourne Storm. Can I? Yes, Nick Meany. I could look. Adam Elliott, Nick Kotrick and Dean Britt were on big money. Nick Meany was not. Okay. Dylan Napa, big puppy. He would have been on big money because of the Roosters. And his, and his nightlife. Yes. Okay. Yes. And... What about Ofahiki Ogden? A great signing for Parramatta. He is a great signing for Parramatta. Um, he he had, took a million dollar pay cut. He apparently. took a million dollar pay cut to fit under Parramatta's salary cap. James Rumanos, who I hadn't even actually heard of. Apparently he was a young gun, up and coming young gun. Again, he was on $1.2 million a year. No, no. Was he? Was he? Uh, yeah. Chris Smith? Solid, solid player. But again, a minimal minimal contract for Chris Smith. Not, yeah, not, a, not on big money. Yeah, only 750 yeah. Yeah, okay. 
Dal- Dalan Wateni Zelezniak, who was on... <laughs> he actually was on million money. Dollars a year. <laughs> he was on 750k yeah, okay. a year. Okay. All right. He actually what was. A, Can you believe what a, that? What a good use of the summer cap. Penrith so, is like, we don't need this guy. You know, he's, he's a fringe first grader. We're like, hey, we'll pay $750,000 to pay for So man. They're, the, they're the players you've lost, and he's the players you've gained, okay? Josh Adokar. Matt Burton, Matt Duffy, yes, yes, Tavita Pangai Jr., Brent big Maiden, money, Tavita Pangai, yes, Paul Vaughan. <laughs> look at the names I'm reading out to yep. you, and look at the names that you let go. I mean, yep. I I often thought Chris Smith for Tavita Pangai Jr. was a straight swap. It was, <laughs> was it? it? Was. was it? Was it? Braden Burns. I mean, it's just gee, what's going on with the salary cap? And you got Reed Marnie back and Kikau for 2023. Yeah, but they only add up to $1.5 million a season. That's not that much. In total. In total. For two of them. No, for all of them. For all of them. It's only $1.8 million. We've still got another $8 million. Correct, correct. So thank God. Thank God. I love this cap. It's actually quite elastic. I'm glad Josh Adokar came for match payments. Joey Lee Lewis style. He just wanted to move back to... um, He was missing his hometown and he wanted to come back home and he was happy to move for match payments. I'll tell you one thing. The way you signed Kikau was amazing. With the photo of him with Phil Gould being leaked, that's brilliant. That guy was probably the only guy out of anybody that even knew that was happening. He got and sacked. In this day and age, yeah, I know. And in this day and age, I have to say that's pretty impressive that no one had any idea that was happening. Still, I mean, he's a good signing. You're going to have a good back row. Tavita Pankai Jr. and Kikau. It's awesome. I just hope they can tap. For the, for the 35 <laughs> minutes they're going to be on the field, it's yes. going to be great. It'll okay? be great. You might have to you might have to get them a bit fitter, both of them. We'll have to get some advanced stats where it's like with Tavita and Kikau, um, thirty five minutes, the Bulldogs are plus two hundred and forty seven and in the sixty minutes they're off, they're minus six hundred and seventy four. All right. Well, let's get on to something. Both our clubs had a tough off season. Yours was better than mine. Parramatta, of course, adopted the Homer Simpson art of negotiating at the it read money black, that was with great the, with, with the blackjack table great 19 hit me 20 hit me 21 hit me don't yeah, that was the best negotiation i've ever seen the bulldogs have offered me 600 how about 400 yeah so, <laughs> read read here's an offer of 400 the bulldogs have offered me 600 how about 350 <laughs> that's effectively what they did they went up but to don't 450 worry. don't worry yeah. we lost reed marnie Nia Kore, Papa Lee, and Ray Stone. But we did gain a 33-year-old hooker in Josh Hodson and Bailey Simonson, along with the best attacking coach in the in the comp, Brad Arthur, being signed for another two years. Can I ask a question for you? And we'll talk about all the other teams. What a disaster this offseason was. I think we'll be better this year. This is our window. I, I think this is your... A, a good year because I think some of the teams well, if we don't, come if back we don't to the pack. This year, we're gonna. We, I agree with that. We'll cover it off in the preview. Although I don't know how we beat Penrith. That's the only thing. Uh, look, I, I think Penrith is the standard, but some of these teams have condensed in terms of talent. Right, there isn't yeah. this huge disparity. But no, no, I agree. I agree. Like with the Eels, it was your salary cap situation that dire. Like was Clint Gutherson? Were they? Did they have some of these players on a gigantic discount? I think they only signed him for seven fifty or eight hundred. They it's did. They, yeah. It's not. It's not a gigantic discount. What? Para have done. You remember the game Football Manager? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know Football Manager. So of you course. might not everyone has Manchester City's budget to go yes, buy players. Of course. Yeah? So yeah. not everyone's the Bulldogs. Correct. So 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 to fit into the to fit, to fit into the salary cap, 
into the salary cap. Sheikh Abu, um, Sheikh Hazimul Mazri is um, funding yeah, correct, us correct, with his correct. trust fund. Yeah, correct, correct. I, I mean, it's just amazing. Tavita Pangai Jr., what a, what a, he's, he's actually just at the Bulldogs for 10000 bucks a year. Good job. Correct. So what we've got is we haven't got the outright superstars because they're at City. What we've got is the next level. You do, yes. And, and we've paid them, not at the top level, but the next level down. And so we've you got have. a really good squad. We've got 24 players, but the, the salary, it's like Arsenal. The salary ranges between... 400 and, and 900 and everyone kind of fits into that window right so it's yep. it's just the way the salary cap's been structured it's not it's not like they've devo- it's not like they've devoted a lot of money to James Tedesco or Tommy Turbo or Nathan Cleary yeah. they've tried to spread the salary cap out over the squad so they end up with 20 solid really good players and rather where, than this is where Paul Kent's view is is actually right where he goes there's not enough football people making decisions right so it would have been Brad Arthur going on oh, a strong squad and no one at the football committee making pushing back on him going well don't we need like the problem is we don't have an out and out superstar to be able to win the comp and if you look at manly they got tommy turbo if you look at the panthers they got nathan cleary melbourne's got ryan pappenhausen clam munster there's a few in melbourne the roosters have got teddy and i think joey manu's one of them like that yeah he is sam walker looks like he could develop into something he could be yeah so so i look south's had Cody Walker and Latrell, and I think Latrell's probably the really important one for them coming back. Although I don't know, I think Adam and Reynolds is a big loss, and we'll cover it all off. Who, who was sixth? Other than who was the sixth team that I'm missing? There was six: Manly, Roosters, Para, Penrith, Souths, Melbourne. Melbourne, I covered them. So, so you know, we don't have a superstar like those other teams. No, not someone that's an outright. But, but we're, of... we're, not, we're not paying anyone 1.1 million dollars a year either. No, you're not. David, no, there's no David for feeders. There's no. That's the issue with our salary cap. That's the issue with our salary cap. What we've got is we've got really great eight and a half out of ten players. I mean, uh, we can go into this in the next couple of weeks, but yeah. I would say our recruitment's tended to now play the big money for these players that at least have the potential to have an impact, like Kikau or Pangai, where previously we're paying with Tenley Zelezniak elite money, like Clint Gutherson money, which is ludicrous. You know what I mean? I think they were hoping that Mitch Moses becomes that superstar. I think that's I what think they were so. hoping. Absolutely, yes. And and it just hasn't panned out that way, right? I don't think no. he's got the temperament for it. So we've covered that in the past. So Yeah, we have. All right. All right. Yep. My favourite para story, though, was Campbell Gillard. Regan Campbell yes. Gillard. Um, I don't know whether you saw this, but he opted out of no. his contract. He had an option for 2022. Didn't he resign? Yes. So he opted out of his contract. And so the way his contract worked was he had an option for 2023. Yeah. And then if he exercised that option, Para had an option on 2024. Okay. Okay. So he opted out. He said, I'm not, yes. I'm not, I'm going to test my worth in the market. He said he'd be happy to shift to become a marquee player at Redcliffe. And then he re-signed with Parramatta for exactly the same money he was on. So in other words... He thought he was a marquee player for Redcliffe, but Redcliffe did not think he was a marquee player for Redcliffe. Correct, correct. Okay. So, so Just checking. He, he thought he was going to get a lot more, and he didn't. He's the long and the short, short of that. I've only got a few more stories, quick ones to run through. Okay, all right. And then that's it. All right, so I want to start with this story. A gas bottle exploded at Gordon Tallis's house. Yeah. I don't know whether you read this story. It injured no, I didn't. His, his long-term partner, who's the mother of his child. Well, okay. Yeah, so so um, I think she'll be okay. I, I, well, we I hope was going to say, is she okay? okay? Yeah. We hope she's going to be okay. But what was interesting in the story that was reported is she happens to be a Titans board member. And Gordon okay. Tallis works for the Titans. So he wasn't trying to... No, but this is not disclosed anyway. This is not disclosed anywhere. So another conflict yep. of interest um, 
story in the NRL. We'll add him to Cooper Cronk, Peter Volandis, Gordon Tallis. Everything else. Yeah. No, there's one more. Speaking of conflicts of interest. Yes. The renowned player manager, Brayton Astor, has been announced as the new host of NRL 360. <laughs> so how did, how did that player go on the weekend? He's part of my stable. He went excellent. Did he even play? He was fantastic. Look at the way he sat on the sideline there. He was intense. Did you see the way he was cheering the team? His his body language was fantastic. He's got a great attitude. Fantastic team guy. (laughs) What is this about the NRL? No one understands how conflicts of interest work. Can we get a list of his players and then sort of see what he says about them? I don't think it's public. I don't think it's public. It's not public. It'll be interesting to know who his players are. I've I've only got two more stories left. And they can bring bring our marathon first pod to a close. Yeah. This is just the off-season, people. This is just the off-season. So, Mal Meninga recently yes. announced four contenders for the Kangaroos' captaincy. They, of course, can play their first test at the end of this year in, I think it'll be three years. He announced um, Cam Murray, Nathan Cleary, James Tedesco and Daly Cherry Evans are in the run running to be Kangaroos' captain. And then the next day came out in the press and said... In his eyes, Daly Cherry Evans will be the starting halfback. Doesn't matter how we play, it's okay. I don't Great. I don't know that Nathan Cleary is in the race then, Mal. Anyway, go. This is why he couldn't run for politics. And and the reason I raise that story is how isn't Nathan Cleary the starting halfback for the Kangaroos? We haven't the incumbency doesn't matter. We haven't played a test in three this years. This whole this whole incumbency stuff is bullshit. At the end of the day, do you know what? It should only count when it, the team's form is exactly... The players' form are exactly the same. We grew up in the 80s. You know what? A lot of the time, Terry Lamb and Brett Kenny had to fight for positions. And other times, Brett Kenny's had to play in the centres. Terry Lamb had to be on the interchange bench. Or he played lock in rep teams because Kenny was out playing him. You know, you had Alexander. You had Sterling. You had sometimes Des Hasler I mean, I getting think, picked. I think Terry Lamb's one of the best club players I've ever seen. I don't think there was ever a... Ever a competition between Brett Kenny and Terry Lamb at rep level, at rep level. I think Brett Kenny was the better player. Yeah, but what I mean T is that you had that, like Brett Kenny had to earn his spot, right? Like well, he had right. to be I mean, playing really good. Like it wasn't just he got picked regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Whereas that's now right. it's like, oh, he's the incumbent, so he just gets picked regardless of his form week to week. And I think there's too much of that in rugby league in general, either for state of origin or for any of the rep sides. And it's been like that for a long time. And recently, until New South Wales started to pick players on form, they would always lose as a result. If you look at the NBA, you don't become an all-star. There's the odd, you know, odd pick here and there. Like that's kind of an incumbent or someone that's been around for a while. But generally, you have to be playing really well that season to earn your spot. And if you miss out, too bad. Try again next year. Like James Harden this year? Well, like I said, there's the odd exception, right? But in rugby league, like Nathan Cleary totally outplayed Daly Cherry Evans totally. Yet, apparently now the race is already over and the season hasn't even started. Like, just ridiculous. Well, even if you believe in incumbency, because I'm not as strong on it, I do believe there's an element of incumbency that should count. But what if your last test was 10 years ago? This is what I mean, mate. They don't play every week. It's like they played four months ago. You know what? You're not going to have the combos there. Just play. Yeah, Pick whoever so- it is, and you build your combos that way. If you're, if you're Daly Cherry Evans and your form is crap, and, you know, the best halfback happens to be Nathan Cleary, and he's, a, you know, pick Nathan Cleary. Earn your spot. That's right. That's right. I agree with that. All right, and and I, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be a mistake to take some of these countries lightly. I think England, New Zealand will be good. I so, think so. Yeah. So so anyway, my last story is the NRL made a bumper financial profit last year of fifty million dollars. Yeah. 
Yep. And and as a result, there was eleven point one million in bonus payments given to the players. It worked out. I saw about, that. Was about worked out to be about fifty thousand dollars a player. Now my question to you is fifty million bucks. Surely they could have done the NRL women's and invested in the grassroots. Do you really want me to answer that question? Yes. That would be the right thing to do. But well, on that hard-hitting analysis, that brings of course, us to the close of another. Are GMC we surprised? Are, are we surprised that they didn't? Gee, you're the one who keeps going to bat for them. Remember, we had this argument around the NRL women's. I'm just, I'm just pointing out. You're telling me they couldn't given a million dollars to run the women's comp? Like really? Mate, they could have. They could have made them semi-professional, brother. They could have given like, them a decent salary. Like even three or four million to teams, yeah, yeah, I know to get three or four million set aside for the women's game and to actually you know let them at least. Earn some money for the training, the and they got to get to the grassroots to make sure that there's and earn a little bit of money for the effort that the women put into their footy. You know what I mean? Like that's right. Part time, you know, thirty grand or whatever it works out to be. Like you say, if there's six teams, that's not going to work out to be that much. Well, I mean, I would even pay them a little bit more, right? I just think I, I just picked a picked a number off the top of my head, but you know what I mean? Like, if it's fifty grand a player, say there's twenty players on each team. Well, you know they, what I mean? I, like, I think they do get about that. I think they do get about thirty grand. They could have at least thrown a, uh, some money to towards the women's game, and I, I just think sometimes they need to balance that out. There's better, they really there's need better to sort usage it out. of the money. There is better usage of the money. I agree. The players do deserve some of this money, but and that's the deal they struck with the players. So I'm not suggesting they renege on it, but I also think they've got an opportunity to invest for the future. And I think I think the NRL at the moment is taking a very short term view on things. I don't think it was a good media deal that they've done with the Fox. I don't. NRL I don't at all. I, I think they've turned from the path of of modern sports like the NFL, like the NBA. You know, if I look at the AFL in this country, and, you know, I'm not one of these people. I I actually really, really love the rugby. I really love the league. As you know, I really like football. I like AFL. I'm the same. Um, I don't watch as much rugby, right, as you do, or hardly any of it, but I don't hate the game or anything like that. Like, it's no, it's not an either, it's not an either or thing. You know what I mean? I just think, you know, I I, I worry about the future of the game. I really do. I I don't think we've got... I don't think it was a great deal. I think they got probably money-wise, it was probably you know standing still in the COVID market is okay. But let me put it to you another way: with the way inflation is at the moment, the inflationary pressure on society at the moment, yeah, the, the deal they've done is going to look cheap in five years. Oh yeah, I'll, absolutely. I'll, I'll put it to you that way. Yeah, absolutely. It's just silly. I think Channel Nine's always the always the party that wins. Well, that's historically always been the case going back to the early yeah. 90s, right? Correct. I agree with that. Basically, since Channel 9, in inverted commas, rescued. Remember when Channel 10 went bankrupt? Yes, and yes. And had to give up the rights? Basically, ever since then, Channel 9's been seen as the, 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 the saviour of rugby league. I mean, Hugh Marks, the CEO that negotiated, the one that got Todd Greenberg sacked and all that sort of stuff, the, the, the CEO of Channel 9 prior to Mike Sneesby, he was... What, his first day on the job was to negotiate the truce for Super League. It's just a crazy situation. They've got a long history with the sport. It is a crazy they do. situation. But this crazy situation brings us to the close of another GNT show. Did you have anything else you wanted to say before signing off, G? I read a, a few things. I checked the um, NRL coaches poll, which was run by the Sydney Morning Herald, and a few interesting things came out of that. Nothing sort of, I suppose, that would be any any much of a surprise. But yeah, what 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 took your interest? Because I didn't, I did see that, but I just didn't think it was of interest. I think it was. There was a couple of points. I think one of them was that fifty percent of the coaches felt like the coaches were taking advantage of the concussion protocols, which I thought was quite well, interesting. Let me, let, me, let me tell you, they all are. 
They all are, right? Yeah. It was interesting that three quarters of them actually thought that most other clubs do illegal third-party payment deals to sign players. Oh, you know, I, I know it might be a shock to some people, but they just they just don't. It, those things just don't surprise me anymore. They don't. I mean, they've been there forever, right? Yeah. And the, the only other thing, and this is probably well-known anyway, and you don't know where the coaches' heads are at, but it was interesting that they named Cameron Ciraldo as the best coach not to have an NRL gig at the moment, which I thought, you know, when you've got nearly all coaches saying that you must have something in your locker that makes you well-renowned and well-regarded. So That's right. That's right. I, I think that's right. I think Craig, I mean, we'll, we'll cover it off. I think Fitzy's going to be a really good appointment at the Sharks as well. I, I think so. He came very yeah. highly regarded, and I think we've spoken think, about think, this, but that Dale, whole... Dale Finuc and Nico Hines, I think they've got, that, you know, Wade, Wade Graham's back. I think they'll be better than people think this year. I think they will be. And we've spoken about the whole Brian Smith kind of coaching tree, which seems to actually really have uh, have had an impact, the Brian Smith. More so than the Craig Bellamy one, which is interesting. Uh, because I think Brian Smith's a very technical coach. I'm not yeah. sure Craig Bellamy's a very technical coach. I think what Craig Bellamy, by all accounts, is very good at is giving people really clear instructions and roles. So if you go out there and you don't miss a tackle and you make 40 tackles, then you'll be in the team next week. And that's they go out there and that's what they focus on. Whereas, whereas Brian Smith's X's and O's drawing it up on whiteboards. Yeah, but it seems like the Trent Robinsons and stuff that come out from him seem to have a bigger impact. Whereas you've got the guys, say, like, um, you know, Dean Pay or Stephen Kearney and well, all these Trent, guys that Trent, have come Trent from... Robinson. Trent Robinson's a very technical coach. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you don't seem very, to have very the same impact. Coach. Yeah. Yeah. Don't seem to have the same impact from the Melbourne guys. They don't seem to go too well away from um, the the Melbourne system. Yeah, but it's a bit, it's, it's defence, it's the pre-season training. It's, it's, it, they're all in the mould of Brad Arthur, right? Um, and the only other thing was um, the Maori All-Stars and the Indigenous All-Stars. I, I, I just love the spectacle of that game. Oh, they did a great job respecting both cultures before the game. Yeah. The NRL do it really well. I don't think the game's much chop, especially in the no. with the quarters and all that sort of stuff. But, but, but... Nothing beats the real footy. No, like even it's the not. preseason, it's not real footy yet. You oh know? no, so, not at all. Yeah, not at all. So, so um, but I, but I do think the spectacle of it and the the respect they do to the cultures is very good. I think it's really good. I think it's really gotten. It's really grown and good on Preston Campbell for really pushing for that game to be put in place. I think it's um, it's a it's an amazing addition to the the rugby league calendar. Do you want my controversial opinion? I think the NRL is at some point going to have to consider a proper All-Stars game because half the players are Polynesians and, that, and they don't qualify for State of Origin. I agree. I think State of Origin... It's going to be a tough call because State of Origin is the money spinner, right? Well, that's why they need international football. That's why they need international football. So even before, like, they need to promote... In the 80s, State of Origin was big... But the pinnacle was playing for your country. Now it's not. It's state of origin. So that's my view is they, they, need, they need to build the international game. Is The only other thing was it was great to see Cody Nikarima being named the captain. And hopefully he can be one of the 74 halves that, gets, that the Warriors have that gets picked in the first team in the first week. But go Cody. If you don't make it there, head off to Melbourne. What a random thing to end on. Thank you, G. <laughs> Once again, you've delivered towards the end. Um, Guys, if you don't know what's happened in the last hour and a half, neither do I. We'll be back in the next couple of weeks to do the season previews and then round one of footy coming up. So thanks for joining us and we'll be with you all the way. We'll probably do the World Cup at the end of the year as well, won't we, G? I hope so. Yeah, not together. No. No, no, I'm hoping to get uh, Misty in for that one. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. She's looking forward to being my substitute. 
All right. Well, we'll see. We'll 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 see. We'll hear from you, and we'll talk to you next week. We've got a few interesting things planned for this year. We're hopeful to get up our our Twitter page this year. We also want G to get NRL accredited. I mean, the last time he was on officially on a field was <laughs> when he streaked during State of Origin. So of course, yeah. So Apparently, yeah. If you want to know who G really is, no. he was the State of Origin streaker. Was not, that was not me. It was him. He had. If you want to know what G looks like, that is the spitting image of him. Um, there's a few people that may agree with you. I disagree vehemently. I think your son agrees with me. It's a possibility. But we'll leave this conversation right there and we will catch up in the next week or so and put out our season preview in two parts. All right. Well, wishing everyone a really good week and we'll be with you again next week. Take care, G. You too, TT. See you soon. Bye. Bye.